Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Today we are going to start a brand new uh, sermon series called Stress-Free in a Stressful World. Anybody got some stress going on in life? <laughs> some of y'all be lying, like you got so much stress you can't even raise your hand, you know. <laughs> There's no doubt, especially, you know, watching the news, everything that's going on, social media, there is no doubt that we are living in tumultuous times, rising racial tensions, increase in political dissension, inflation, stagflation, devaluation, sounds like a rap, um, rising gas prices, rising food prices, and even rising debt. You know, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, the total household debt rose to an average of $17 trillion in the second quarter of 2023, with credit card balances alone reaching a high of $1.03 trillion. Now, out of the various kinds of consumer debt, credit cards in particular seem to be the largest driver of this increase. The average credit card debt increased by 13.2% from 2021 to 2022, according to Experian, which gives us a reflection of inflation and the increasing cost of commercial goods. Now, according to Experian, as of the third quarter of 2022, the average American held $101,000 in debt. Now, keep in mind, while this number uh, seems staggering, it's just an average, which means that there are some people that are carrying much more debt, and there are some people that are carrying uh, much less debt. In, in fact, just looking at the state of our economy, that in itself carries enough potential for stress in itself. We haven't even mentioned all of the societal issues that we are facing today. Mass shootings in schools, movie theaters, parks, even shootings in shopping malls. Places that were once considered to be safe havens in our communities are, are now burdened with providing an increased sense of security. We have increase in violent crimes, looting, the LGBTQXYZ, and everything else they want to add to that agenda, attempting to erode the picture and pattern of what constitutes the family structure that God instituted from the beginning of creation. Adults having to play make-believe, having to call a biological man a woman and a biological woman a man. I don't know about you, but I thought I outgrew that whole make-believe thing. Completely ignoring what has been accepted as scientific fact for hundreds of years, that there are only two genders, male and female, created he. I'm not going to play make-believe. I don't know about you, but I'm not. And then having to navigate the challenges of modern day parenting. Any parents can say amen in here? The rise, of your, uh, the rise in gender identity dysphoria amongst teens, the social and peer pressure of social media, depression and anxiety are at an all-time high, not just amongst teens, but also children. Now you have kids in elementary and middle school talking about having to go see their therapist. Let me tell you, when I was young in the 90s, why y'all laughing? That, we, we didn't even know that was a thing. But now you have kids talking about that. That, that is a reflection of the stress 
on our society. There is no doubt that we are truly living in an Isaiah 520 dispensation. What is good is being called evil, and what is evil is being called good. Look at how the new uh, English translation version translates Isaiah 520. It says, those who call evil good, and good evil are as good as dead, who turn darkness into light and light into darkness, who turn bitter into sweet and sweet into bitter. If there was ever a verse that described what we are living in today, it is this verse. We have so many people calling those things that are evil, they're calling them good, and the things that are good are being called evil. Now, if that wasn't enough to stress you out, it seems that we could literally be on the verge of World War III. Now, I know that there's a lot of doomsday prophets out there on social media doing reels and, and TikToks talking about the war in the Middle East. And let me tell you, I, I don't know enough yet, but the war that's taking place right now in the Middle East looks very similar to what the prophet, prophet Ezekiel describes in Ezekiel chapter 38. That is where Israel is in a war and they are being attacked and the Bible's very clear about who's attacking them and, and it could be just a matter of coincidence but all of the players that the Bible saying attack Israel in, Isaiah, in Ezekiel 38, they're attacking Israel now. And the ones, the two countries that the Ezekiel 38 says that are going to stand with Israel, they're standing with Israel right now. So I'm not here to say that it is, you know, Ezekiel 38 war but I'm here to tell you that it looks very, very close to what we're seeing. Now, this is the war that gives rise to the Antichrist. Why? Because the Antichrist comes into power when Israel signs a peace treaty for seven years. That is when the prophetic clock starts ticking and we see the beginning of the end. Now, in order for a peace treaty to be signed, Israel has to be in what? In war. You don't need a peace treaty if you're not at war. So, uh, like I said, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to stress you out more than most of you already are, especially from your, uh, and, uh, you know, responses. But it looks like we could be at the beginning of the end. So, what we can see from all of these stressors is that stress comes easy, but stress isn't free. Stress comes easy, but stress isn't free. Did you know that stress comes at a cost? The effects or cost of stress can be seen in every system and process in our bodies. In fact, God literally designed our bodies so well that he designed them well enough to equip us to handle stress in small doses. But when that stress becomes long-term or chronic, it can have some serious issues and effects on our bodies. According to the American Psychological Association, stress affects all systems of the, the body, including the musculoskeletal system, respiratory system, cardiovascular system, endocrine system, gastrointestinal system, nervous system, and even the reproductive systems are all affected by long-term and chronic stress. And not, stress not only affects our physical health, but stress affects our mental health, our emotional health, and even our relational health. Strong, chronic stress can be 
expensive. Do you know that when we do not handle stress, it can ruin our lives. It can ruin our happiness. It can ruin our hope, but it also can ruin our relationships. It can ruin our marriages. It can ruin, ruin our relationships with family, with friends, with our, with our coworkers. In fact, when considering the physical and emotional toll of increased stress, nearly half of adults, 49%, report that their behavior has been negatively affected. Most commonly, they report increased intention in bodies, snapping or getting angry very quickly, unexpected mood swings, or, or screaming or yelling at loved ones. In fact, some of you showed some signs of stress just trying to get to church this afternoon. Anybody say amen? Right? Yeah, I'm not, let's go. Yeah, no va a haber donuts. You know, like, let's go. I mean, that could stress people out. Some of y'all were waving with half a peace sign as you're going to church because you're running late. I, I read somewhere a few years ago that Americans consume 4.5 million pounds of aspirin a year. At this point, we are probably taking a lot more than just 4.5 million pounds. And the problem is that we are taking a lot of pills that are even much more dangerous than aspirin just to cope with the stresses of modern life. Have you noticed how many drug ads are on television and the internet? Isn't it crazy? You watch these, these, these ads for, for drugs and they tell you what they cure, but then they tell you all of the conditions that they give you with it. It's like, it'll cure this, but it'll kill you with this. So pick your poison. And then it says, if you're negatively affected by this drug or if you have a bad reaction, don't take it. Well, how am I going to know until I take it? But think about it. All of these drugs, there's no telling how many different types of drugs the people in our society are using today. We have pills to help us sleep. Energy drinks to wake us up, five-hour energy drinks just to keep us going, and we even take pills to calm us down and go to sleep. Every day, we are bombarded with harmful negative stimuli. Dr. Mitchell A. Spellberg of Michael Reese Hospital in Chicago says, the explosion of instantaneous communication is imposing a terrible strain on us. We are exposed to too many horror stories. The daily news cycle is full of information about fires, airplane crashes, murders, rapes. These stresses brought to people by the mass media involve ulcers, headaches, vomiting, fast pulse rates, and even high blood pressure. According to the American Heart Association, nearly 55 million people deal with hypertension in America today. One out of every 25 people in the USA are using sleeping pills just to sleep at night. We are truly a stressed out generation. One thing I've come to learn is that stress comes easy, but stress isn't free. Stress comes at a cost. Now, there's different stressors in life. The first one is induced stress. Now, stress is a weight upon the inner nature of a person or an object. This building, in fact, we are in right now is under constant and incredible stress. The great thing is that this structure is designed, I hope, to absorb the stress so that the roof and the walls will not collapse on our heads. We know it doesn't do good in the rain, but at least it hasn't come down yet. 
No, don't look up. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to stress you out or increase your stress with the fear that this roof is going to collapse. It is true that if a building is designed improperly, that structure cannot withstand the load and the entire thing comes crumbling down. Architects and engineers carefully study the stresses on various parts of building designs to ensure that the structures are safe to build and for people to use. In life, we must also be able to withstand stress. Be assured of this. You cannot avoid stress. The strain and tension of living produces a measure of stress, stress in our lives which cannot be avoided. If you are living, if you are breathing, you will deal with stress. Now we know that stress on a building is related to the weight of materials from which it is constructed and the span of those materials through space. What about human beings? What produces stress on us? And how are we designed to endure that stress? Stress on our lives is related to the responsibilities we have and our abilities to deal with them successfully and effectively. Now there are different types of stresses that one must face in life. And the first one is self-induced stress, which is not related to our responsibilities. For example, if you're watching a, a football game on TV and you're cheering on your favorite team who is playing in a championship game, the game is closed, the minutes are ticking away, you become more and more tense as you watch the game. If you were not watching the game, then you would not be experiencing any of the stress related to the outcome. But because you chose to watch the Cowboys, oh, I said the quiet part out loud. You have created self-induced stress. No, I'm in a toxic relationship with the Cowboys. I admit it. Security? <laughs> Just kidding. We love everyone to Christ. Even Eagles fans. The stress builds up in your body, your heart rate increases, you breathe faster, your eyes dilate, your muscles tighten. This is all self-induced stress. You're not in the game. You're not responsible for the outcome. You will not benefit from the result, but yet you have worked yourself up in a frenzy of self-induced tension. In fact, as I was uh, preparing and researching all about stress, do you know that there have been numerous people that have died while watching sports events on television? I, yeah, I was shocked, but there are, that's how much stress, rooting for the, I'm sorry, that is how much stress rooting for a a football team, a soccer team, or a baseball team can have. In fact, someone once said that football game is, is with 22 players who badly need rest being watched by 60,000 people who badly need to exercise. <laughs> and add to that number all of the people watching on TV, and there are millions watching who need exercise. Number two, the second kind of stress, not only it's induced stress, but inherited stress. There's another type of stress that we can, that we called inherited stress. You didn't choose it. It came, uh, it came to you just a part of you living your life. It is real and it can be very overwhelming. It is a load or weight 
that is laid upon your life. It can come from health issues, family issues, financial issues, tragedies or accidents that you did not necessarily create, but they are all part of living in a fallen and broken world. Then some stress is called by simply living in this world, and that is interactive stress. They are a part of everyone's life. Think about, think about some of them. The fact that you're dealing with people. We have the stress of time. Now, this is one of the greatest contributors of stress. Doesn't it seem like time is just going so fast now? I know all about it. In fact, you see, Sundays, if you did not know, comes every seven days. Whether I have enough time to prepare, to study, to preach or not, I have to be ready. Time is always pushing me to the next meeting, the next project, the next event, the next hospital visit, the next counseling session, the next report that is due, the next sermon or sermon series, the next Bible study has to be delivered. All of us deal with the time as an issue, especially in our fast-paced world. Time seems to always be pushing us constantly. You must get your kids ready for school on time. This involves clothing, hygiene, breakfast, school supplies, and sometimes it involves just trying to get them out of bed. Anybody can say amen. You have to be at work on time. That involves making sure you have gas in the car. Have you ever gone out for work in the morning running late and you have a flat tire? Isn't that the worst? But then you think, man, that's a good excuse. Now I can stop and get some tacos on the way because blame the flat tire. The boss will never know. But anyway, all of these things, you know, you, you have to make sure you have gas in the car. You have to go through all of the hor horrible traffic here in Eagle Pass and performing at your best when you ride. You know, when I lived in, in, in Dallas, I would often see women driving to work, eating breakfast, putting makeup on, talking on the phone all at the same time. Now, y'all know how to multitask. I've seen it in the mirror, eating the taco, doing your eyelash, all while driving on the interstate into downtown Dallas. I remember one time, I even saw a man shaving as he was driving. <laughs> Almost every man and woman driving their car had a cup of coffee and were downing it in the middle of bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. By the time people would get to work, they would need a cool-down period just to begin working. You have to pay bills on time. Meals must be prepared on time. And almost everything we do involves the stress of time. Time can be a real stressor. The clock never slows down, and it never backs up. No doubt that all of us have allowed time to push us to the stress limits in life. Then we are stressed not only by time, but we are stressed by tasks. We all have responsibilities, whether it's a project that must be done, the grass that has to be cut before the neighbors call the city to complain. Not saying that's ever happened. I've heard it happens to other people. Getting dinner on the table, laundry, dishes, or any other domestic responsibility all involves the stress of time. And occasionally, doesn't it seem like you have so many things that need to be done all at the same time, soccer practice, ballerina practice, cheer practice, go to the doctor's office. All of these things have to be done. And the combination of one or more tasks, all that need to be done, increases the added stress level to your life. Then we are stressed by turmoil. Time, task, and turmoil. We have arguments, disagreements, and other conflicts with people. Can't people be so trifling sometimes? 
I know not at this church, but at other churches, yeah. People create stress in our lives. Don't look at your husband or wife, please. It's strange, but stress can cause turmoil, and then turmoil adds even more stress. Isn't that crazy? That the more you stress, the more you get stressed. And the more you get stressed, the more you stress. And the more you stress, the more you get stressed. That's the way stress is. It takes an inch and it will begin to take 10 miles. It will, over, it will overwhelm and overconsume your life. It can be turmoil between husband and wife, child and parent, employer and employee, co-workers, and even friends. And these clashes, they can happen at home, community, work, church, or even in your car. Or even between you and the person who pulls into the parking place that you have been circling and waiting for at the mall. Some people are so stressed when driving. They can curse at you. Don't point fingers, okay? <laughs> point a gun. Or even hit another with a car. In fact, this has given rise to a term which before we were completely unfamiliar with. But now we all know what road rage is. And road rage is just another example of the results of stress. Anybody been a victim of road rage? Don't ra raise your hand. Anybody been an aggressor of road rage? <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Testimonio. Not only are we stressed by turmoil, but we are stressed by our temperament. Some people seem to become stressed out more quickly than others. Don't look around, okay? Such people have a quick temper and are often said to be type A personalities. Now, what creates even more stress for people like this is dealing with type B personalities, whom the type A personality thinks should, in light of whatever is going on, should be more temperamental and stressed. In other words, highly stressed people like for everyone else to be highly stressed and get even more stressed with the unstressed when they don't get even more stressed. I get even a bit stressed out trying to explain that. Now, isn't it crazy... How these two types of people often find themselves married to each other. <laughs> you have the type A stressed out about everything. And then you have that other like, no pasa nada. It's all good. Late. That's just the number the doctor gives you to get there whenever, you know, around that time. And then you have, no, they said five o'clock. We're going to get there at 4.45. And then you have the person that's driving on E and the other is like, no, we got plenty of gas. <laughs> and the other one gets half a tank and they're already stressing. And oftentimes these two people find themselves married to each other. But you got the type A that gets stressed out because type B is not stressed out enough. I really wish I could be a type B. Just have a say la vie. Like, and then they get spiritual like God's in control. God's in control. They're calling to repossess your car. Repossess your house. They're going to turn off the light, the cable, the cell phone bill. And you got type A stressing out. And type B, God's in control. And you got type A saying, I know God's in control, but get your butt to work. 
God is good. He'll provide. No. I want you to provide. Yeah. Right? Type A and type. You know, in fact, the Bible tells of a story about type A and type B personalities and the story of Mary and Martha. Remember, Jesus went to Mary and Martha's house and Lazarus' house, and he was gonna, they were going to have a, a, a dinner party. And Martha was all stressed out, but Mary wasn't. We even have those people in church. Those that just throw themselves on the floor. Don't point fingers. Don't look. <laughs> and then you have others like our concern. People don't have where to play, to park, to sit, and everything. And the ones that are thrown on the floor. They're like, Pastor, they can sit here. There's plenty of room on the floor by me. I'm like, yeah, but then they won't come back. <laughs> and so Martha's all stressed out. She wants to make sure everything's perfect. And there's Mary. No pasa nada. Martha went. And then she told Jesus that it wasn't fair for Mary to be less stressed than she was. In essence, Martha told Jesus that she ought to get Mary to come to the kitchen and join the stress party going on as the meal was being prepared. See, people who don't get stressed make people who do get stressed even more stressed. But the reality is, is that we all deal with stress that is related to time, task, turmoil, and temperament. Once again, stress comes easy, but stress is not free. So the question is, if stress is a part of life, then how should we as believers respond to stress? In fact, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how we as believers should respond and react with stressful situations in our life. I truly believe that you and I, we can be stress-free in a stressful world. But what do we need to do? How do we respond? First of all, the first point to all of this is that we've got to submit and surrender it all to the Lord. See, what stress does... Stress tries to put you in charge of all of the affairs of your life. Stress tries to make you responsible for everything. But when we surrender our lives to him, we realize that our lives are not our own, that we belong to him. And just as the Bible says, we know that in him we move, in him we live, and in him we have our being. We know that he is Jehovah Rapha, our healer, that he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, that he is Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness, that he is Jehovah Shalom, our peace, that he is El Shaddai, the God who is sufficient for all of his people's needs. See, when you come, you submit and surrender everything to God, you say, God, here I am. It's all yours. It belongs to you. You take the responsibility of yourself and you give it to him. See, you know what? I've, I've learned that the areas where I'm stressed in my life, the areas where I'm more stressed is the areas where I have yet to relinquish full control to him. The areas where I'm stressed about, the areas that concern me are the areas where I, I'm, I, I'm trying to give it to him, but I'm still holding on. I, I still want to do it my way. I still, I still want to work it out. Yo, yo todavía quiero meter cuchara. That, that is a Greek phrase for, for putting your spoon in the pot. And you still want to hold on. 
And the fact is the areas that we are more stressed in are the areas that we have failed to tell God, God, you are in control. If your marriage is stressing you out, it's because you have not relinquished control. If your children are stressing you out, it's because you have not relinquished control. If your finances are stressing you out, it's because you have not yet relinquished control. If, if, your, if your health is stressing you out, it's because you have not yet relinquished control. When you relinquish control to God, God not only takes that that area in your life, but he removes the stress because now you know that it's not your problem anymore. Now it becomes his problem. And that's what we need to do. We realize that he is the source and the sustainer of our life. And then we can be like the psalmist in Psalm 91, 1 and 2, where he says, as for you, the one who lives in the shelter of the Most High and resides in the protective shadow of the Sovereign One, I say this about about the Lord, my shelter and my stronghold, my God in whom I trust. When we realize that he is our God, when we realize that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, when we realize that we submit and surrender all of our heart to him, when you give him your marriage, when you give him your children, when you give him your finances, when you give him your health, when you say, God, you are not just the Lord on Sundays and Thursdays, but you are Lord of my life every day. You're not just Lord in, in, my, religious, in, in my religious activities, but you're Lord in everything that I do. You are saying, God, my life is not my own. My life belongs to you and that's why the psalmist says the one who lives in the shelter and the shadow of the most high that's the God I put my trust in see there comes this peace and this confidence when all hell is breaking loose in the economy in the world and believe me, there are people that are stressed out over World War III. All I got to tell you, that if World War III is going to happen, then you better have your VIP ticket ready to go to heaven. Because all it means is that Jesus is already on his way back. And when all of that happens, if you're right with God... You don't have to worry. So I don't get stressed when I see Bible prophecy playing out. I get happy and excited because that means that I'm almost on my way home. That means that I'm just going to be here a little bit longer. When all hell breaks through, all that means is that the, the God of the Bible is fulfilling his promise to one day return for his church. So those areas where you stress in, it's a sign and a symbol of the area where you need to submit and surrender to God. Whatever area that is, when you can say, God, you are the one in whom I put my trust. 
When you understand that he is the same God today that he was then, just like he was with Israel in Egypt, he will be with you. Just like he was with Israel in the desert, he will be with you. Just like he was with Daniel in the lion's den, he will be with you. Just like he was the fourth man in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he will be with you. Just like he was with Joseph in the pit and the prison, he will be with you. Just like he was with Elijah in the cave, he will be with you. Just like he was with David facing Goliath he will be with you and just like he was with the disciples in the boat in the middle of the storm he will be with you why do you need to stress and worry knowing that the same God that speaks to the winds and the waves and that his very word calms the storm that is the God that is in your boat see that's what happened to the disciples that day they were in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. And they were in this crazy storm. Now, most of the disciples, two-thirds of the disciples, they were fishermen. But all of them lived around the sea. They all lived around uh, uh, on the water. And so for them to be so frantic and so fearful in that storm, that tells me that this was not just any ordinary storm because I'm sure as fishermen, they had to have weathered quite a bit of storms. But for them to be so frantic and fearful had to tell me that that was not just any little storm that they were dealing with. It had to be the storm of all storms. And where was Jesus? The Bible says that Jesus was asleep. He was at peace. He was not being stressed by the storm. Why? Because he knew that his life was not his own. And when the disciples got frantic and they went to Jesus, do you not care? We're about to die. And Jesus says, die? Uh-uh. We're not going to die. Why? Because I know that my life is not my own. I am here to do the will of my Father. And my Father says, I'm not going to die in a boat. I'm not going to die in a storm. I'm going to die on a cross. Until you see me hanging on a cross, then I'm not going to die. So that tells me in the middle of the storm, I don't need to freak out. I don't need to be frantic and I don't need to be fearful because he is not only the God outside of the storm, he is also God in the midst of the storm. He says, this storm ain't going to kill you. And I imagine Jesus knowing everything. He's like, dude, this ain't nothing. Y'all are going to die crazy. <laughs> like some of y'all going to be dipped in hot oil. Some of you are going to be crucified upside down on the X. This ain't nothing. You're going to wish you died in the storm. But he didn't tell him that. The Bible says that he stood up. And he spoke to the wind. And he spoke to the waves. And the Bible said that they were amazed. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter how how crazy that storm looks like in your life right now. The God that we were just worshiping, the God that we were just praising, the God that we're speaking out is with you in the boat in the middle of the storm. And in just a moment, with his very word, he can calm the storm in your life. When you know that, why do you need to be afraid? Why do you need to stress out? Because if his word is true, if his word is true, the Bible says that God is not a man to lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he will do it. That's why Peter says, 
in chapter 5, or 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. See, when you submit and surrender your life to Him, you're not only surrendering your plans and your priorities, but you also get to surrender your problems. And the problem is that a lot of us, we want to submit and surrender our plans and our priorities, but we want to hold on to our problems. And I'm here to tell you that if you want to live stress-free in a stressful world, you know what? You don't have to hold on to your problems anymore. The Bible says to cast all of your cares, cast all of your worries. Say, God, whatever is stressing you out, whatever you're worried about, if you're worried about your health, if you're worried about your finances, if you're worried about your mortgage, your rent, your car payment, if you're worried about putting gas in the car, I'm here to tell you, the Bible says, cast all of your cares and worries. Think about this. Why? For He cares for you. We just talked about this this past week in Bible study. What do your children care for that you don't care about? What matters to them matters to you. And the Bible says that God cares for you. Do you think God wants you stressed? No. Do you think God wants you worried? No. That's why he says, you know what? You don't need to worry. You don't need to stress. Cast all of your cares and cast all of your worries. So I want you to do me a favor as you stand today. I want you to think about those tension points in your life, those points of worry, those points of stress, because that's a clear indication where you're still trying to be God in your life, where you're still trying to be the one in control, be the one in, in, in charge. But when you know that He is in charge, that He is in control, and you submit and surrender, say, God, you can have it all. I give it all to you. Take it all. It's yours. The stress will uplift and an overwhelming sense of peace will become and overcome and take your life and your heart. So I'm here to tell you that He is your peace, that He is your hope, that He is your joy. All you have to do is say, God, here I am with my plans, my priorities, but also my problems. I submit and surrender them to you. Give it to Him right now, whatever it is that you've been holding on to. Whatever that you're worrying about, say, I want you to say, God, I want you to take it. Take it from me. Take this issue. Take this problem. Whether it's work, co-workers, family, friends, marriage, children, finances, whatever it is, just let it go and say, God, you are God of my finances. You are God of my marriage. You are God of my home. You are God of my family. You are God at my work. You are God of my future. You are God of my finances. Whatever area that's stressing you out right now is submit and surrender. Say, God, I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.